0: Listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial fan podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. And we're
1: 5-2, and two, mate. And
0: we've had some news this week of surrounding
1: injuries. Yeah, we have. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, as we saw in last game, so, you know, Lav had his ankle get caught under under another player against Adelaide. Unfortunately, he does have syndesmosis. Um, I'd never heard of this. Injury before this year, but there you go, it strikes again. And it looks like he'll actually be out for six to eight weeks, so he's due to undergo surgery. I think he might have even had it during the week, a bit of an arthroscopy. But um, yeah, unfortunately, six to eight weeks out for LAV. And the club gave some updates on um, you know Fantasia, so he'll be out for another three to four weeks due to a calf strain. Cale Hooker, he'll be out for at least another three weeks from that calf he pinged. Uh, a week or two ago, an update to Jakey Stringer. So he's back into running apparently, but still he'll still be a while off. So you'd imagine you know a good six weeks there. Hep said to be making good progress. You know getting back into running uh, within the next fortnight, but you'd have to think he'd be at least a month or so away. So yeah, plenty of bad news on the injury front, mate. Any news on Joe Dunneher? Yeah, Joe Donaher is said to be just back into running again now, which is good, uh, but not yet into main training, obviously. Uh, I think they'll want to nurse him into that again, get that running load up uh, back where it was before to then hopefully get him up and firing again. So let's hope he can keep on the park this time because he was definitely doing a lot of good running last time before he pinged that calf again. But, um, yeah, look, let's, let's hope he can just keep, keep out on the track and hopefully strengthen those legs and, uh, get into some full training. And hopefully we can see him for a game or two before the end of the season.
0: Well, as long as it's not that troublesome groin again, yeah, I'm, I'm prepared to wait, but, um, yeah, if I hear the groin uh, problem again, I'm going to start worrying and saying I don't think we'll see the Daner back in black and red anytime soon, so uh, I can live with a calf at the moment. Uh, we also had some disappointing news about Kyle Langford. Uh, we gave him votes on the weekend and, yeah, little did we know immediately after the show he would be suspended.
1: Yeah, and it was one of those ones, like, to be honest with you, mate, oh, did, oh, God, I didn't sort of notice... Anything like throughout the game. Like the only thing I thought we might have been looked at was, you know, Connor McKenna's sort of lazy, um, like he, he copped one of the Adelaide players um, high with his bicep along the wing there. I didn't think that was going to cop a week, but, you know, I just thought it might have been looked at. Uh, and then the other one was uh, obviously Townsend, you know, headbutting with, uh, I think it was Brody Smith. That
0: was one of the Crouch brothers, actually. Oh, that's
1: right, yeah. Yeah, Matt Crouch, and but no, that that seems to have escaped penalty as as well. So no, but it was Langford. So apparently, um, yeah, caught him caught him front on, and it was sort of uh, I guess good and bad. Like the club definitely looked at appealing the decision, but unfortunately, it was there. There wasn't maybe a huge amount in it, but by all appearances, Langford did you know make the decision to bump. And it was front on contact as opposed to going for a tackle or anything like that. So it was there. So unfortunately he does cop the week. But let's hope he can, you know, that can be the the game he misses in terms of his management or whatever because we, like I think he's put together a really solid season so far. So I'd like to see him back in the side and hopefully um, he's able to rest up during this week because he'll have plenty of games to uh, perform for us in the games ahead.
0: Yeah, I did hear, uh, I think it was Dan Richardson uh, mentioned that the way the AFL had written up the charge, it was almost impossible for the Bombers to challenge it because the footage clearly showed there was a decision to bump uh, and high contact was made. So uh, they did look at all avenues to appeal, but they decided to err and uh, save themselves the time. And as you say, might give uh, Kyle a bit of a break and freshen him up for the next game after this one, mate. We've got some good news though. Uh, apart from the injury problems, it looks like Sam Draper is going to make his debut.
1: Yeah, and it's it's great to see. Like he's had big raps on him for a long time uh, around the club, particularly last year. You know, with his VFL form, it's unfortunately sort of did that did the knee when he did because you know by all reports he was going to be coming into the side perhaps later in the season but wasn't to be unfortunately and it's been a long road back for recovery for him and he's obviously put in a mountain of work because you, you look at him and, he's, and his body looks tip top so yeah really um really great to see Sammy Draper get his opportunity in the Bombers lineup and I uh, hope he takes it with with both hands now uh, just like those hangers he's been taken in the twos uh recently don't know if you've seen the highlights Jamie but he's He's looking mint, and I really hope that he uh, he's able to uh, perform for us on the night.
0: Yeah, I have seen those, and they're quite impressive. Uh, another tall bloke who we've been calling for a fair while to come back in, James Stewart, finally makes his return. And I think it's like 700-odd days since his last game
1: um, at AFL level. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And, like, there was that... Period in uh, 2017, uh, uh, if I remember correctly, like him and Joe Danaher looked really great together as a a bit of a combo. Um, Because, like, James Stewart does seem to have a a pretty decent field kick. So, you know, if he wasn't getting plenty of the ball, then he could run up to the wing because he is quite athletic uh, for his height and he could get up the wing and kick it into Joe Danaher, or vice versa. If Joe Danaher um, was up the ground, he could kick it into James Stewart, who has. Yeah, he's obviously got a lot of height and some good jukes on him uh, to take the grab. So, looking forward to him getting his opportunity too, because it has been a long time between drinks. You know, two years between uh, games for him. So, uh, really, really happy for James Stewart, and I'll be um, really looking forward to him hopefully getting some opportunities. And God, like it'll be so good for our forward line. Uh, I think it should structure us up really well. Just so long as uh, James Stewart can remember that you know his, his primary position for us is in that forward line, we saw a couple of years ago when he was on this side the reason he was sort of dragged because he, he just wasn't holding to structures so hopefully hes um, he's learned his, his lesson and he's had enough time out of the game that he just wants to do everything right uh, and I think he'll definitely got to get a bit of a um, opportunity. To kick a few goals because our midfield has been uh, performing quite well uh, in recent weeks.
0: Yeah, now a couple of players were managed that we didn't really see coming in uh, McKenna and also McKernan to make way for those inclusions. Another player we've been calling on to hopefully see back in the Bombers lineup was Tom Cutler. And again, our side, our demographic of our side in terms of height. Is, uh definitely changed for the better, in my opinion, with Cutler included as well. He's quite tall, and I think he'll be a really welcome addition to our wings uh, with Braden Ham.
1: Yeah, he will, and it's actually a, a great opportunity for Tommy Cutler to play against his old side and, um, yeah, show show what he can do out there. So really hoping he has a good game. And as you say, like just that bit of height. You know, we've gone with the two Ruckman, so Bell Chambers and... Draper will play as well as Stewart you know it looks like we're trying to stretch Brisbane because you know they're they're sort of losing you know two of the bigger bigger players so it's uh it'll be an interesting interesting game so let's hope we play it smart uh, but I think there's definitely a, um, a good opportunity for us to take advantage down there and you know as we've sort of been saying like that having a taller focal point down forward even if he's not marking the ball if he brings it to ground that'd be excellent and I think Stewart and um and Draper are definitely capable of that uh, and perhaps you know maybe bell chambers will rest down there at times when when Draper goes into the ruck so yeah, it should be a really uh, interesting lineup and uh, yeah just looking forward to to seeing how we're gonna gonna structure on the on the night
0: Well, we know Brisbane at the moment are currently about their number one rackman in uh, Steph Martin and also Archie Smith's out as well. So I think the club has made a conscious decision to try and uh, test Brisbane in the ruck. They've obviously got Oscar McInerney uh, who, who usually plays a bit of forward end ruck. So they'll have to rely on him to be the number one ruckman. So I think it's good the Bombers are trying to, force the gauntlet, basically, and say, all right, we're going to name you know, two capable ruckmen. And any time you can take that uh, Oscar away from the full forward line is going to be beneficial to us. And I think it was a really smart decision by the club to bring in Brendan Zirk Thatcher. We kind of bemoaned last week's side uh, where he wasn't named as even an emergency. And we worried about our structures because uh, previously we haven't seen Hurley and Francis being able to hold... Uh, key positions uh, consistently in terms of actually playing on demand. man. Uh, now we both said that Francis did a great job last week but I think it's really good that Brendan Zirk Thatcher's coming in. You know, you got Eric Hipwood there who's um you know a tall, really good forward for Brisbane. And you know, that will allow Hurley to play his normal role and let's Francis uh, take Brisbane's Second forward, I don't know who they target. Do you know who, who else is their targets down there, mate?
1: Yeah, I mean, like obviously you got Charlie Cameron, but I'd imagine because of his speed, like Sardi would would take him. Um, I mean,
0: what a, what a matchup that would be, mate. Yeah. Sardi and Charlie Cameron, you know, almost the best back pocket versus the best,
1: you know, forward pocket. So I, I'm really looking forward to that battle. Yeah, I'd be an absolute ripper. Um, but in terms of the other forwards, uh, Jared is still like fairly young in the system. Like as a sort of taller um, option, uh, but he, I, I mean, just going from memory here, I don't think he's that well built. So I guess the two we'd sort of look out for would be maybe Cam Rayner. Like he's got that, he's got a bit of power about him. He's uh, he's not an endurance player, but he's he's got that burst uh, ability and. Like, can be quite classy. Um, Lincoln McCarthy's not really a big forward threat, so I'd imagine, like, a Redman or, yeah know, someone might play on him. But uh, as for Francis, yeah, maybe uh, maybe him and, him and Rayner. But, yeah, that's just purely sort of shooting from the hip. Yeah, haven't seen a huge amount of the Brisbane games, but should be an interesting uh, matchup nonetheless because... Yeah, you know, Brisbane are a young, up-and-coming side, and do play some quite exciting uh, footy at times, and they have looked um, pretty dangerous. So it's um, I think it's going to be a really good matchup because I think you know while we've been down on form some games this season, I think our style of play might suit this game, and I think we've got the uh, you know, the field the blokes on the park that can bring it right up to Brisbane. Yeah, I
0: agree. So why don't we uh, read out the full Essendon side, mate?
1: Yeah, beautiful. So uh, we'll go with, uh, from the fullback. so Aaron Francis, Brandon Zerk-Thatcher and Mason Redman. The halfback we've got Jordan Ridley, Michael Hurley and Adam Saad, who's playing his 100th game. Uh, obviously not for the club, but uh, 100th game in AFL footy, which is fantastic for him. Uh, from the centres, you've got Tommy Cutler, Dylan Scheel, Braden Ham. Uh, the half forwards, you got Will Snelling, David Zaharakis, and Darcy Parrish. In the forward line, you've got Anthony mcdonald tippen Woody, Jacob Townsend, and Devon Smith. The followers, you've got Sammy Draper, Zach Merritt, and Andrew McGrath. With a bench of Tom Bell, Chambers, Marty Gleeson, Ned Carl, and James Stewart. With the emergencies of Andrew Phillips, Dylan Clark, Matt Guelfi, and Mitchell Hibbard.
0: Yeah, so coming out of the side was Mitch Hibbard. Uh We both said last week he seemed to be in the contest a lot and had a bit of the ball. Were you surprised with that omission?
1: Uh, like I, I guess I was with um, with Lankford going out due to suspension. I thought Lankford does have that bigger body, so maybe would have kept Mitch Hibbard in the side. Yeah, but we've decided to, I suppose, switch out that bigger body for Tommy Cutler that's the sort of replacement I see happening there because really, when we sort of spoke about it last week, unless he's in as that sort of inside mid, we've sort of played him on a wing or down back and he's not really suited for those roles. So I guess, you know, I could see it both ways because it is good to have that big body mid in the midfield, but with Dylan Scheel coming back, that should hopefully make us... Still very competitive in there. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see um how we play it. Because we're still fairly small, uh, even in the midfield. So like even with Shield there, our next uh you know, our next prime midfielders are Zach Merritt and Andrew McGrath. Obviously you throw in a Deb Smith in there, Anthony McDonald, Tim Woody, uh Will Snelling, Darcy Parrish at times but they're all smaller in stature. So Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we play it, but hopefully, you know, with Tommy Bell and uh, Sam Draper in the rack, we can take advantage of uh, having that a bit more height around the ground. All right, well, let's read out the Brisbane side. Beautiful. So going from the back, so you've got Callum Archie, Harris Andrews and Darcy Gardner. Then halfbacks, you've got Alex Witherton, Grant Birchall and Brandon Stasevich. The centres, you've got Mitch Robinson, Dane Zorko, and Hugh McCluggage, half-forward line of Jared Berry, Cam Rayner, and Lincoln McCarthy, the forwards of Zach Bailey, Eric Hipwood, and Charlie Cameron, with the followers Oscar McInerney, Jared Lyons, and Lockie Neal, and on the bench they've got Sam Skinner, Cam Alice Yolman, Connor Ballenden, and Noah Ainsworth, with the emergencies of Caden Coleman, Mitchell Hinge, Reese Matheson and Jack Payne.
0: Yeah, well, uh, a few people like to bring up to me uh, opposition supporters. Say, oh, you, missed, you let one go, you, know, you should have uh, taken Hugh McCluggage over Andy McGrath. Uh, I always say I'm very comfortable with our selection of Andy and I'd like to see them two match up at some stage on the night and I'm sure Andy would do a great job.
1: Yeah, he would, he's very defensive minded, obviously. McCluggage has got the bigger body. And they're both great players. I, I don't think you know, if even if we did go Hugh McCluggage and they got um Andy McGrath, I don't think they'd be disappointed in that same same vein. They're both great players. Tim Taranto, GWS, he's obviously another great player, so you know, in that in that, you know, draft, you wouldn't be disappointed with either of those guys. Uh so it'll be interesting, you know, when you look at the Look at the Brisbane team. They've got some pretty dangerous players there. One that sort of springs to my mind is Harris Andrews uh, and their fullback. And I hope we've really learned to uh, lower the eyes when we're going inside 50 because if we just bomb it in there hoping a Jimmy Stewart or someone will take a grab, Harris Andrews will gobble it up all night. He's a very, very clever backman. So that'll be an interesting one for me. What about you, mate? What have you picked out?
0: Yeah, you're right there with Harris Andrews. He's one of the best backmen in the league, and funnily enough, uh, some people say that he plays very similar to Dustin Fletcher, uh, especially as an early young player. So yeah, he's a really good defender. He's got a impeccable way of uh, punching the ball. Like he's got, he, that's where he's a bit like Fletch in terms of his arms get there somehow. And yeah, he's going to be a player, as you said. We don't want to be bombing it down to him. Um, in a one on one contest, because he'll probably win most of those. So that's where, and we saw it a, a little bit in our really good performances where we've kept the ball fairly low instead of bombing it down long. Um, and that's let our little blokes do the work. And uh, AMT looks in pretty good form at the moment. I think he would have got a lot of confidence from last week. Uh, Ned Carl uh, had three shots at goal last week. So. You know, we we look pretty dangerous down there. So, yeah, as long as we don't just sit it up high, which will suit Harris Andrew and his uh, defensive uh, trio down there, yeah, we should uh, have a much better chance of, you know, penetrating through their defence. You know, the Brisbane Lions, they're currently top of the ladder. They look
1: pretty strong, don't they? Yeah, they do. And they've got strength... All over the ground. So, like you look at their centers, you know Dane Zorko and Huma Cluggage, just class players, and they they don't stop pushing all game. Uh, Cam Rayner, while he can be inconsistent at times, he's really shown that he's got the class to to make you pay if you you know cough it up in his uh, area. And then you have got Eric Hipwood that if he's on, he'll he'll bag one on you. So. And he's he's actually quite an aggressive forward. He doesn't mind putting the knees into people and giving a bit of niggle. So um, yeah, they've and then obviously you know Lockie Neal, like an out and out gun in the midfield. So they've got some really class players all over the ground, and you can see why they are at the top of the ladder because just very very talented side, and they actually seem to be playing quite a good system of footy.
0: Yeah, I think you're right with their midfielders quite strong as well like their body size and structure is different like even Jared Lyons who can find a heap of the ball he's powerfully built you know and you know Lockie Neal he's a Brownlow favourite I think at the moment so we've got we've got our works cut out uh, in the midfield I'm glad Dylan Shields back because yeah he adds a bit of class to our midfield and I'm really interested to see how we structure up given that we're playing the two Ruckman, and I know we've played McKernan uh, and he's not playing this week. So some would say, oh, yeah, well, you've got Draper there instead of McKernan, that's basically the same. But, no, we well, have got to add in James Stewart as well. So that's where I think, you know, it gives us a better look up forward, I think, with potentially Draper and Stewart up forward. you still got your smalls in... You know, Snelling, uh, you mid-sized in Towner, you then got AMT, so there's uh, Ned Carl, there's a few other small forwards, and even David Zarakis, if he can get off the leash and uh, do some damage on that half-forward flank, you know, I- I'm not counting us out of this game at all, I think we're a real chance.
1: Yeah, I think we've shown, well, definitely our back line has shown they're good enough to stand up to anyone. The difference in the game, for me, is like if, you, if you're 100% honest about looking at the midfield, I think um, Brisbane definitely get the nod in terms of strength there. But what we do need to do is anyone who is in our midfield, like at the centre bounces uh, and around the stoppages, they just have to make a contest and make sure we keep Brisbane honest, because I personally feel we have the advantage in the rucks. You know, Tommy Bell's obviously a good tap ruckman. You've got Sam Draper coming in, uh, and there's big wraps on him. And not to say there's a, ma- a massive amount of pressure, but you know as a first game, he's got to come in and, and try and put his best foot forward. So really, while our ruckman uh, will be trying to give us the best opportunity uh, to sort of tap it down to our midfield, equally they have to work for each other, you know, put a shepherd in, like those little one percenters, to then maybe release a, you know, a Zaharakis or a Parrish or a Snelling, uh, to then deliver the ball into our forward line, uh, to get us looking dangerous and perhaps put Brisbane on the back foot. So as you say, James, like we're not without a shout here. I think if we can structure up really well and really work for each other, we're we're definitely a chance to to maybe uh, yeah make it, make an upset. Well, I know my weekend's going to be fantastic if
0: we're six and two, mate. That's all I know. So <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we have a break? We'll come back with our Remember When. What year are you doing, mate?
1: Mate, I'm going back to 1997 again. Um, and actually just one game previous to the one I did last time. So round 21 of 1997. How about yourself, mate?
0: Yeah, well, mine's a bit more recent than that, but not much recent. It's uh, round 17, 2006. And uh, we'll discuss those games after the break. (laughs) You're listening to Don's Cast. And our regular segment of Remember When starts with Nick. And Nick, you're taking us back to 1997.
1: Sure am mate. So going right back to round 21 of 1997. Now, as I've sort of spoken before about the 96 season, you know, 96 signalled the end of Fitzroy, who merged with the Brisbane Bears to then become the Brisbane Lions. So while individually, Brisbane and Fitzroy had struggled to be competitive, merging those teams together, you know, sort of brought together a super unit. There were names like Lynch, Voss, Ackermanis, Ashcroft, Lepich. Now, Again, like, so I went over the 1997 season uh, for the Bombers last week, so I won't go over old ground. But suffice to say, they were a more competitive side over the course of the season than we were, as we really battled to field a side uh, which had been decimated by injuries to some of our most important players. Now, we'd actually beaten the Lions earlier in the season uh, by 31 points in Round 6, and that was at the MCG. But in Round 21, we were facing them at the Gabba, which is a hugely different prospect, as we'd actually never won at the Gabba before prior to this match. So as the game got started, our first goal came through Shea Cockatoo Collins, who crumbed the ball off a rolling pack and slammed it on the boot to kick it from about 45 metres out. Brisbane got the next two goals, but after some great work down back by Sean Wellman, who pumped the ball forward to first-gamer Danny McAllister, who kicked it to a Uh, kicked it long to a 19 year old Matthew Lloyd who kicked it straight it was two goals apiece and Brisbane had had just a one point lead going into the first quarter it was two goals four to two goals three then Brisbane went nuts and kicked the next four goals before Danny McAllister was again involved in a nice bit of play jumping on the ball and dishing it out to a running Mark McCurry who hit up Lucas taking a great one-handed mark about 35 metres out to kick our third of the match. We got the next goal as well when Denham popped it up for Lloyd to take a big grab over Richard Champion 30 metres out straight in front, who of course put it through. We kept the ball rolling when Peter Somerville ripped the ball out of a boundary throw-in and threw it on the boot to a waiting Lloyd who took another big grab over Champion. This time he was only 20 metres out on a slight angle and of course he slotted it. Brisbane got one back to push their lead out to two goals. But when Hardwick pumped the ball from half back and the ball went through the hands of Lions defenders, Cockatoo Collins jumped on it and kicked it forward to Lloyd, who picked the ball up off his shoelaces and handballed to Carasella, who waltzed in to kick a classy goal. Again, Brisbane got one back, but we dragged their lead back to just 6 points just before the halftime break when Carasella rove the ball off a contest 50 metres out from goal, to run on and kick it through the big sticks. Now, going into the third quarter, things were tight, but Brisbane got the first goal before Peter Berbakov beat Alistair Lynch in a contest on the wing to kick it to Scotty Lucas who loped like a gazelle and picked the ball up beautifully and slammed it through to have us only nine points down. It was all the lines from there though, as they kicked two more goals that quarter and the first two goals of the fourth to be leading by 34 points with 16 minutes to go in the last quarter. Peter Kransberg then took a flying mark and kicked true to Peguan back. Then Denham picked up the pill and dished it out to a running Barry Young, who put it through to have us only 22 points down with 14 minutes to go in the game. Brisbane kicked another goal though, and with 13.5 minutes to go, we were still down by 28 points. Hardwick then busted through a pack of Brisbane players to release Moorcroft with a handball, who kicked it to have us back within four straight kicks. Our next goal came soon after, when Young kicked it forward, which was picked up by Lloyd, who passed it to Kransberg, who got it off to Moorcroft, who put through another to have us breathing down the Lions' necks, 17 points down with under 10 minutes to go. Brisbane kept attacking and looked dangerous but Captain Gary O'Donnell stopped a number of efforts, including one where he took a huge grab and got us going forward. Wellman then had a shot from goal outside 50, and it looked like it was going straight, but was fading, and that's when the young buck Matthew Lloyd stepped in to take another great grab to then put through another goal, and the Brisbane coaching box was looking very worried. As the Lions kept pressuring, Hardwick snapped a hurried kick forward, which was taken by Michael Pryor, who dashed inside 50 to kick a brilliant goal, and Essendon were within 10 points with less than 4 minutes to go. Gary O'Donnell got in on the action again, running through traffic and taking a handball from Lloyd to kick a mongrel punt through the sticks, and we were within one single straight kick of the Lions after trailing most of the match. With just 3 minutes to go, Cockatoo Collins launched the ball forward, which was taken by Lloyd about 40 metres out on a slight angle and he put it through to have the Bombers take the lead and leave Brisbane coach John Northey looking absolutely speechless. We ended up winning the match 16 goals 10-106 to Brisbane's 15 goals 12-102. It was an absolute belter of a game, and I just love that never-say-die attitude. Do you remember that much of that game, James?
0: Yeah, I do, and I actually remember after it, there was a... Um... A camera crew in the rooms afterwards, and I think there was four uh, players that hadn't played many games together. Uh, I think they were, off the top of my head, uh, Matthew Watson. I don't know if you remember him. He was like a, a young ruckman. Uh, yeah, obviously, Matty Lloyd. Matthew Banks might have been part of that side. So it was, uh, yeah, a lot of young players, and they were really uh, highlighted by the Channel 7 coverage. So, yeah, I remember it for that reason and I remember a lot of fresh faces looking very happy and you felt a bit more confident about the Bombers, even though they'd had a bad year in 97, that we were heading in the right direction with some of the young players coming through and, uh, yeah, that was a really good win uh, against the odds
1: up at the Gabba. Yeah, beauty. So, let's take us through your game, Jan.
0: Yeah, so my game's from round 17, 2006 and... Again, 2006 was a bad year for the Bombers as well. The Bombers had not beaten the Lions by that... You know, this is 2006 now. We hadn't beaten them since the uh, 2000 season where we we were pretty much all conquering. And obviously we lost the 2001 Grand Final against Brisbane. Um, And we just didn't look like we were on the right path. We were going downhill fast and, you know... This is the year where you almost felt like the make or break, you know, the draft. We were second bottom on the ladder. We knew we were going to get a good draft pick. It was actually, I don't know if you remember, but that year we played Carlton in a drawn game. And basically if we had lost that game, we may have ended up with Bryce Gibbs because he was the player that was predicted to go number one that year. So... Yeah, Bryce Gibbs Cup. (laughs) That's correct. So... Uh, Back to this game though, after a disappointing start, we sat second on the ladder and the Lions, they started to fall as well after three premierships and a grand final loss against Port in 2004. Uh, They were 11th on the ladder in 2006, but they still had five more wins than the Bombers. The match started in high scoring attack, it was uh, the Lions, who held the edge at quarter time, uh, they led six goals, two, and uh, to our five goals, three. So it was pretty tight. Uh, Jimmy Hurd had two, and a surprising player up forward who kicked two also was Kepler Bradley. So, um, yeah, we we were sticking with them, uh, but Brisbane looked a little bit classier, but, yeah, we weren't going to... Um, let that stop us from making the game a contest. The second quarter was another arm wrestle with the team's trading goals. Kepler Bradley kicked his third goal, and Scott uh, Lucas had a three-goal term. And it would be the Bombers still trailing by two points at the halftime break. Ten goals eight to ten goals six with the Lions in front. Brisbane got the first of the third to stretch the lead out to nine points before goals to Jason Johnson and a fourth goal to Kepler-Bradley put the Dons in front for the first time. But not for long as the Lions hit back, and then it was the team's returning goal for goal. You know, it was just tit for tat. Every time we got one, they'd get one back, and they just kept holding the lead. Hurdy kicked his third, and Mark Mubay kicked another goal, and that gave the Bombers... A, Pretty comfortable lead, and yeah, you might scuff at this. It was only eight points, but you just felt we had more run in the legs than the lions. And I just remember that feeling. Yeah, we've got them. I, you know, the taste of blood almost. It. I thought we could beat them, and you know, that was really rare against the Brisbane at that in that time frame. The last quarter was just you know mind blowing. The way that we played was, you know, we we're just on top of the ground and. The players and the were just feeding off the, the crowd, and I remember the crowd that Eddie had just going off the tree. You know, watching the young players come through. Brent Stanton was really uh lightning up on the wing, and uh, you know some of our stalwarts like Jimmy Hurd was having a great game. And the last quarter really belonged to Scotty Lucas because he kicked another three or four goals, and he kicked seven for the match. Uh, we also had stars like James Hurd kick for the surprising Kepler-Bradley kicking four. And, you know, when we finally destroyed that uh, curse against the Lions, uh, we scored an impressive game that night. We scored 25 goals, 10, 160, uh, which is a really high scoring. And, you know, Brisbane, they had plenty of shots of goal too, so our defence wasn't that strong. They kicked 18 goals, 15. So it was certainly a high-scoring game, but it's one that sticks in my mind just more for the fact that Brisbane had basically seen us as a bit of a bunny, and they thought they had our measure. And it was just a real good surprise to beat them. And, you know, we didn't have Matthew Lloyd that night, so we weren't relying on a starter. You know, a young starter to lead us. It was you know Scotty and James Hurd who had great games. And the surprising Kepler-Bradley, who would have thought he kicked four goals in a game for the Bombers? But, yeah, it was a nice win in a bad season for the club. But certainly, like uh, in your year, mate, when you said 97, uh, although we never had the same, you know, we never went on and became like a a finals-winning side, as we know now, it gave the Bombers fans hope. And I think that stretched it out, you know, we... We uh thought we had a real chance against, you know, of of becoming a side just by the way we played that night. So, yeah, I don't know if you remember that game, mate. Yeah, that's
1: a, that's a ripping uh, recount of it, James. And I always remember, uh, you know, Kepler Bradley, he had that sort of funny sort of way he ran, like he had those hunched shoulders and um, he actually showed some, like there were some games, you know, probably like that one where, he'd just show a bit like he'd kick a few goals or he'd look uh, like really good in defense he's actually one of my like I had a bit of a sort of soft spot for as a player because he he just like he was a bit uh I don't know sort of clumsy at, at times with his body but um no I just thought he kept at it all game and it's remembering games like that where you remember Jesus like blokes like Scotty Lucas what an absolute gun and yeah jimmy heard of course um the things he could do on a footy field and uh yeah it's just like as you say like while we've we've had plenty of lean years uh you yeah, long while since we've had success those were like games like that did did give you that that hope and you think oh no we're building for something um well <laughs> we weren't but it was certainly exciting on the on the night to kick such a massive score like that and um yeah, to to really sort of pump them in the end was just fantastic. So, no, it's a that's a great game, James.
0: Yeah, it was, it was it was just uh I just remember walking out of that game and you felt like you were yeah you, know, you could fly home because just <laughs> it was just that good a feeling to beat Brisbane finally. And even though Brisbane you know, weren't the the premiership side at that time and they were starting to come down the tree a bit as well, uh, I just remember that feeling so strongly and. You know, I remember Brent Stanton a few times took a few runs down the wing and, uh yeah, Brent became a great player for us, don't get me wrong, but, you know, he almost felt he was going to become one of the guns of the competition. Mm. So he really excited us.
1: Yeah, he did. Oh, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say with Stance, like he became a bit of a whipping boy in the end, but, like, there was no one in that team who ran as hard as Stance. Like, his gut running was second to none. And that was probably the reason why he's uh his disposables um you know maybe a bit iffy at times because he just run himself ragged. But yeah, no, nah, good recount, Jane.
0: All right, well let's have our final break, mate. We'll come back with our bomber prediction. <laughs> listening to the Don's cast, and as we wrap up the show, we always do our predictions. Now, mate, I'm looking for the trifecta. We haven't been able to get it yet. <laughs> so, each week we, we've got another turn at it. So, mate, why don't you tell me who's going to kick the first goal on Friday
1: night? Mate, with a taller lineup, I'm actually going to go with Anthony McDonald Tibbin Woody. I think, uh, you know, we'll probably kick one down forward to a Jimmy Stewart. He'll bring it down and Tipper will be able to crumb one off him and waltz in to kick a a ripper to get us started. How about yourself, mate? Who are you, tipping?
0: Well, I'm going to go Darcy Parrish. I think he knows how to find a goal early. And, uh, yeah, I think if he gets the ball around the forward line, his sure hands will pick up the ball and, uh, yeah, he'll steal one through for us. So, yeah, Darcy Parrish is my pick for that goal. Uh, first goal, sorry. Uh, so the second one is most possessions. You've got a returning Dylan Scheel. Who are you going for? Yeah, I think,
1: you know, he might be uh, a bit hard up, Dylan Scheel, because uh, he is our bigger bodied mid, so I think Brisbane will put a bit of time into him. So I'm actually going to back in Andrew McGrath. I think, you know, he, he's really shown his class in there. He never backs away from a contest. So I think he'll be able to use his um, his class to you know, how about the boys in midfield and dish it out to our blokes running forward. How about yourself, mate? Who do you see getting the most posies? Well, after
0: last week's performance, it's hard to go past Zach Merritt. I uh, know he got 33 possessions, and as we kind of mentioned it last week. He may not have used every possession as classy as we know he can. I think he would have got a lot of confidence out of that game, and... As you're quite rightly saying, I think that uh, yeah they'll put a lot of work into Dylan Shield. I also think Andy will play his defensive role, so that might limit his possessions, although he has been picking up 25-plus pretty consistently. so But I still think Zach Merritt might be the one to get off the chain, so Zach Merritt for me. And of course, mate, the most important one... Who wins and by how much?
1: Yeah, look, mate, this is this is one where if I look, if I'm a betting man, I'm I'm going with Brisbane. Uh, like honestly, I I think they'll they'll pip us by a couple of goals. I think we'll make it tight for them. Uh, but that's where my head would go. Obviously, my heart uh, wants wants the Bombers to win, but I just think they've um, they've got a bit more class and a bit more continuity with the blokes on the park uh, from just from how I'm reading it right now but how about yourself mate Oh,
0: I've got to say um for some reason I just can't put my finger on it I've been really confident this week I I just feel like I know we haven't been playing well I, you know I think we were very lucky to win last week but I just think yeah we've got a really good chance uh, on Friday night. For some reason the expectation will be with Brisbane. I think the bombers are gonna surprise and I think we're gonna be six and two after Friday night and what a great feeling that would be. Absolutely it would and I'd take that every day of the week. Well, let's uh we've only got less than twenty four hours to wait, so look forward to the game tomorrow night and as I said, I I'm hoping the bombers will get up as as you are and let's hope uh, your head is not right, and our hearts win, mate. So <laughs> that's <laughs> wouldn't be the first time I'm not right, <laughs> mate.
1: Yeah, I might have uh,
0: worded that wrong, mate. Sorry for that, but um, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was more meaning. Let's go with the heart. So till then, go the bombers, and see you next week. Go
1: Dons.